0: Lord, we just pray, God, that our faith would be fanned into flame. God, that as we open your Bible, that, God, we would more and more know your voice. We would more and more know your heart and your will and your ways. And, God, we would just feel like we're living in the shadow of the Almighty that you would be our good shepherd, guiding us, and we would go to green pastures, and you would restore our souls. God, we want to ask big prayers of a big God. And so we pray that you would minister to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So if we look at these uh, short few verses in three or four, uh, I, I would like you to get out a pen And a place where you can write. And I'm going to encourage you through this whole study. You need your pen in your hand as you open your Bible. And and your Bible should be worn out with very few spaces by the time you die. Really. That whoever picks up your Bible after you pass, they'll go, wow, this one's used. This one's... Someone dug in to this word. So, I would like the words on your page to first say, life changing. Life changing. We are not in Bible study just to know what this letter said to people who lived a long way away and long ago. As we talked about last week, it was God breathed then. It's God breathed tonight for you living in your world. It is living and powerful again for you, child of God. We should settle for nothing less. I love these statistics. That's life-changing. That's life-changing. Settle for nothing less. So, as we, we read about this, these people were known for two things. They were known for, number one, their faith, and Number two, their faith translated into this great love for the people around them. So, faith. Faith, what is it? How can that grow? And why do we need it? What exactly is our faith? What does it mean? Faith is assurance to be persuaded and confident. To be confident in God. We must grow in that. I believe this book is so, so perfect for that. We should grow in our faith in his character, in his promises that they are true. We must grow in faith in his will. Even when we do not understand the wise of his will, may we grow in an understanding of his will. Those are two different things, right? But some people, they merely believe in God, and it stops there. But as they say in Texas, go big or go home." That's what we're saying this year, right? Go big or go home." Paul said in Galatians 2:20, "I love this confident statement. He says, "I have been crucified with Christ." I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. One of my best friends gave me this t-shirt. Do you like it? Yeah, this is a great t-shirt. I love this t-shirt, but you know what? There's two things I like better about this t-shirt. First of all, I love that my friend knew that I would love this T-shirt. Second of all, I love that my friend knew that I would wear it. (laughs) Go big or go home. I mean, child of God, we've got a God that we should be totally proud of. And we need to sometimes just fly our colors. That's what I think. Who wants to say amen to that? So just in case you can't read it, it says faith, love it and live it, walk it and talk it, own it and loan it, grow it and show it. That's right, right? That's right. So tonight we're not just going to talk about the prayer. That's what we're going to focus on is that prayer, Colossians 1, 9 through 11, we're going to step deep into it. We are going to own it. We're going to believe it. And we're going to live it. Oswald Chambers said, When we are born from above, meaning when we are born again, the life of the Son of God begins in us. But we can either starve it or we can nourish it. Prayer nourishes the life of God. As we said last week, prayer is not just talking to God. It is not just talking to him. Because I'm ashamed to say that sometimes when I do too much talking, then I am explaining to him what needs to happen And unfortunately, sometimes I'm explaining to him how it must happen and sadly when, (laughs) when it needs to happen. And I'm not listening to him at all. We need to grow up in that. Not just out of it, we need to grow up in that. First of all, prayer is his presence, What a privilege, what an astounding privilege to be in his presence and to sometimes just be still. And the truth is, that should be our favorite part of prayer. Not that we're getting things done with God. Just that he wants to be with us and we love to be with him. So hopefully you all have the handout. Do you now have the handout with this prayer printed out? And hopefully, as the lesson instructed, you you actually wrote out this prayer. And the reason I gave you this prayer is to give you a prototype of what's really very, very helpful. When you write out scripture, a scripture that you really want to own and know and live, and you write it out, write it with blanks give a space so that after you've written it you can go back and you can step into it you can let it expand you can think of other scriptures that go with that concept and pretty soon you've just got a whole story there and i believe this prayer these few verses from 9 to 11 are worth that kind of investment. I'm telling you, Dave, this has been one of my, the I started on this prayer about four weeks ago. And I will be honest, it's been some of, some of the funnest four weeks I've had in a really long time. There has been such a heightened expectation as I've prayed this prayer. And this is how it goes. It starts out by saying, a praying and a ask... That you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. And how would that be? What would the knowledge of his will be? It would be wise, all wise. And what else would it be? It would be giving you spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. For why would you need such power? So you can be patient and long suffering, giving thanks to the Father. So these. Few concepts are building such a platform for living. Oh my goodness. So as we look at this, what will change just words on the page into the living concept and reality for your life of sensing that God is moving, that God is answering, that God is Really, truly, personally directing you. That's a life changer. Well, what is the one criteria that will make a big difference? At the top of the page, I felt definitively that God wanted to put something on the map for us. And it's Romans 12.1, which is a complete deal changer. And it says, I beseech you, that means I am begging you, I am imploring you, this is essential, by the mercies of God, that you, you start out by just saying, I'm all in God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This world wants to squeeze us into its mold. But we must resist. We must just push it away because God is transforming our mind. Where we can think his thoughts. We can... Feel his attitude beating and living right through us. The last three three weeks, I have been praying and praying and praying this prayer. So, here's the elements that we are to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Question one for you tonight. Do you want to be? Thank you. Do you want to be? Do you want to, first of all, to know his will? Well, the next criteria is, do you want to do it? (laughs) To know and not to do is not to know at all. Jesus once said, and it just hurts me every time I quote him saying this because I I can see the look on his face and I can feel the emotions on his heart. He said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things that I ask you. I don't know, God, why that happens. But I want to change. I want to. Jesus also said, I will tell you who is wise. The person who hears my word, who comes to me and hears my word. And puts it into action. He or she is like a wise man or woman who builds their house on the rock. And the winds come and the winds blow and the rain pours down and it does not crash. But the man who doesn't apply or the woman who doesn't apply, when the storms come, that's when we crash. All of us have experienced The crash. And what we want to, we want to build the rock under us. So that those crashes do not come because the storms will. Who knows that? We know that. So these are the general principles. But then the question again, will God, the king of the universe, actually show you what is his will specifically? Example, I, I've, I've been taking this on the road and living it out. So there is a something that I want to do very badly in March. I, I'm aching to do it. It sounds, I, I can tell you every reason why it would be a great thing to do. And I felt like undeniably God has, Prompted my heart to ask him. And with the abandoned criteria, yes, he gets to choose completely. And I asked him, just to make it really personal, I said, God, show me if you want to go me to go. Show me specifically if you want me to go. And you know what has happened? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. I did not ask him to show me if I wasn't supposed to go. I felt like I just want you show me if you want me to go. Now that might sound so disappointing to you that he has not spoken. I ask him. It's been over a week. Gosh, <laughs> what? How disappointed it's not at all. You know what I feel? Absolutely safe. Uh, Absolutely safe. Why settle for second best? If I ask him to choose, and it appears that he's not chosen that, he's the king of the universe. He's the boss of me. And there must be something going on that I need to be here to. Now, it's not too late. Just because he hasn't spoken yet doesn't mean that he might not speak yet and say yes or he might now say no but we need to live in that I'm okay God because I've asked you and I know that you've promised you know I sometimes I walk up to someone randomly in a grocery store somebody you know just at a paint store and I say you know what I feel like God wants me to tell you that you can call upon God And he will answer you and show you great and wonderful things. And I often preface that by saying, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And you know what? Sometimes silence is an answer. Maybe he's thinking about it. (laughs) Maybe he hasn't decided. I don't think that's the answer. But you know what? we got to be good with that we got to be good with that. Haven't you seen time after time in the word of God, God's people needed to wait. They that wait upon the Lord. What will happen? They'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like the eagles. It's a good thing sometimes when God's silent. I'm good with it because I've prayed for a knowledge of his will. And if this is the case, his will is that he wants me to wait. Okay. Okay, I didn't tell him what his will should be. We need to settle that. Let's add now the phrase, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to the request for God to show us his will. So, last week, I was invited to a formal event. The kind of event that I don't greatly enjoy. My husband's out of town. I would have to go alone. I'd have to dress up. And uh, I don't like to go out at night sometimes. Didn't really want to go. But I thought, what do you want, God? Do you want me to go? Well, all of a sudden, he started filling my mind with all the reasons why it might be a good idea. He started saying To my heart, things like, well, what if there's a divine appointment in it? What if somebody else is sitting by themselves? What if somebody's having a hard week? Okay, God, I've got a black dress and pearls. I'll go. So, dressed up, got almost to this event, and prompted, I felt, by the Holy Spirit to pull over by the side of the road and just pray. Okay, God, I don't want to even take this slightly casually. I want to go with the full knowledge of your will. Give me a divine appointment. Give me spiritual understanding. So I walked in the room, and it was a dinner. Looked for an empty seat, sat down. And this girl I had hardly ever talked to. I don't think I ever talked to. I didn't know her name. And, is this the one? Okay. So, we were chatting about the food. And then the next next thing, I just leaned over and I said, so what's your story? She started telling me about this and that. And then she looked at me. She said, you mean my personal story? I said, well, of course. Your personal story. Listen very carefully. One second later, she said, I had just broken up from the worst relationship I have ever had in my life, the worst man I've ever, and I've had so many relationships in my life, and they have all crashed. She said, I'm 41 years old, and I have nobody now. And then she looked at me, and then she said, because I didn't ask God. Well, Really? Why do you think she told me that? And I go, yes, ma'am, that is the answer to your story. And we're going to get together, and we're going to talk about how to ask God to direct your path. I'm so excited. Three more divine appointments in that night. And I know that they said put on your black dress and your pearls and just go and see what I want to do. You know what? This is like a world of adventure when we ask God to write your script. I was thinking about this dynamic of spiritual understanding and wisdom. Pause button on wisdom first. What is wisdom? How do I get it? And what does it look like? Wisdom The best definition I know is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Start there. A holy reverence for God. And again, I think this great, great, amazing book, which will shortly lift Jesus up to the prominent place that he is in the universe and should be in our eyes that reverence for God should just be expanding and expanding and expanding. And that affects our life when we reverence Him. And James actually gives us a definition. The wisdom of God is first pure, and it's peaceable, it's easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit that's a great package and how do we get it how do we get wisdom ask it's the best deal in the universe Jesus said ask and you shall receive ask in James it says if anyone lacks wisdom and who doesn't Let him ask God, who gives, how? Freely. Freely. Sometimes it's just a sad picture of thinking of God watching us down here and mumbling around and stumbling around and making stupid decisions because we're not asking God. Right? We can stop in the middle of an almost bad decision and say, God, Give me wisdom and he will give freely with, I think, a little voice to our heart. So glad you ask. I was waiting for you to ask. Sometimes we think we're waiting on God. Truthfully, I think he does a lot of waiting on us. When will they ask me? When will they listen? When will they trust me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Prime example. I was thinking, okay, who's a good example of this? Who's a great example of this? And I thought of that great story of Joshua. Joshua. Joshua is actually one of my great heroes. And when we meet him, he's, he's, he, he plays second to Moses. And he's just an assistant. You know, he's an assistant to Moses and the guys. And, and then there was a period in time where he was in charge. You know, and that's tough. You know, that that happens to us sometimes. I mean, you give birth to a baby and all of a sudden, oh, I'm the mom. <laughs> i'm in charge right and god will do that in your life put you in a position where you have responsibility and we need to listen so carefully so he he knew that his first big assignment was the joshua uh the jericho thing and I can just imagine him laying on a hilltop and just studying. I mean, those walls were gargantua walls, monstrous, wrapped around the city. You know, and I can just imagine. So God, huh, how are we going to do that? And, and we know this story. God said, um, you'll march around the city, all your men. And you'll go around the city once, and then you'll do this for six days and then the seventh day you'll 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 march around seven times, blow a horn, and shout so that's crazy that's crazy well what's what's good I was thinking about esther esther, you know her. This huge threat came against her people. Huge by this vicious, mean-spirit Haman man who not only wanted to punish her cousin Mordecai for for not respecting him, but he wanted to wipe out her people. What? What is she going to do? She's just a little gal. You know, she's married to the king, quite, 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 quite surprising to her. And so she fasted. Now, because of some historical reasons, uh, some words of God and prayer and things like that are left out of the book, but we can read between the lines. If she was fasting, I'm telling you, she was probably on her knees crying out to God: what to do? What to do? This is what God showed her to do: put on your royal robes, go see your husband. And invite him to dinner. And she did it. And she did it. And she did not. He accepted that invitation. But I will guarantee you. That God hadn't given her step two. After the dinner. Her husband said. What do you want? She said. Come to dinner tomorrow night. And that's all she had. No, no, that's all she had. But in the meantime, God did a miraculous set-up deal that could only be scripted by God Almighty. Child of God, we got to take this prayer on the road. We got to love it. We got to live it. We got to own it. We got to loan it. We got to grow in it. And we got to show it. Do you love the Lord? Are you confident in how great He is? Are you confident that He knows what's best and His ways are higher than your ways? Are you confident that if you ask Him what is His will, He will show it to you? Are you confident? That when he shows it to you, he'll give you the courage and the power and the strength and the patience to trust him and to walk in it. Who wants to say, I'm in? Half of you? I'm going to give you one more chance. Who wants to say, I'm in? Lord, we just thank you that you are the God who is worth Trusting. And God, we want to trust you with all of our heart, not half hearted. We want to trust you with all of our heart, with all of our minds, and with all of our strength. God, we want to stop leaning on our own understanding. God, that has been dead end time after time, and we know it. God, we want to live with a sense of your spirit guiding us, closing doors, speaking to our hearts, giving us divine appointments. God, we just love you. It's so amazing that you would even want us to be part of this thing, this supernatural thing that you're doing on planet Earth. But, Lord, we want to say, please live and move in our hearts and lives so that we honor you and please you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.